All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have turned the calendar. It is now July, and hunting season is right around the corner. It is time. We have got some great sponsors. It is time to start getting ready for hunting season. All the equipment that you need, uh, we've pretty well got a sponsor for. This podcast is brought to you by the one and only Dive Bomb Industries, maker of Squad Fest. Um, they put on a hell of an event. And I got to tell you, seeing everything that they offer, it's insane. They're not just a decoy company. They got bags. They got clothing. They got their hands in so many things. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be a part of their company, and uh, they still make the best silhouette that's on the market right now. Uh, as, the, as the days tick on in summertime, it is time to start getting ready for hunting season. So... Check out Dive Bomb Industries for anything that you're going to need, whether it's apparel, whether it's a nice new gun case, whether it's a floating bag, or if it's decoys. Be sure to get the bags. You got to get the bags if you get the silhouettes. They got to pack up, keep everything nice and tidy. Go to divebombindustries.com, get everything that you're going to need because the season is right around the corner. This podcast is also brought to you by Bangtail Whiskey. It's a traditional corn mash whiskey aged in charred new American oak barrels. You'll find a pleasant aroma of vanilla and spice before galloping into notes of nougat, sweet corn, and a lingering caramel finish. Built on a dream aged 25 years, it's handcrafted bangtail whiskey, and it makes for the perfect sip for the perfect drink during summertime. I know I love my whiskey sours with bangtail whiskey. Uh, you can order them straight from their website, and you can get whiskey shipped straight to your door, and it is delicious. I cannot I cannot recommend it enough. Bangtailwhiskey.com. It's good shit. We're also brought to you by Pacific Calls. The boys at Pacific Calls, I tell you what, they cleaned up. They cleaned up house up there at Squad Fest, and uh, now they got their sights turned on to Game Fair here in just a little bit, but uh, good dudes, man, I tell you what. Seeing them uh, interact with some of the younger kids at this squad fest was was really, really touching. So uh, they make a great call. They've got great customer service. <clears throat> They've revamped their short goose call, the 206. And I tell you what, they still got one of the best duck calls that I think I've ever ever ran in the PCD. So, And if you check out their apparel, you can get one of the world-famous Andy That's Shaver right. Shirts. That's right. We need to uh, – we we're going to have to pick a winner for that. Yeah, so right now the uh, the world-famous Andy Shaver T-shirt is it'll be coming up on their online store. You can get it and get a nice goose call or duck call coming your way. That sold pretty well at the, at the Squad Fest, so I was pleased. So go check them out, PacificCustomCalls.com. Get a premium acrylic call sent your way. We're also brought to you by Boss Shot Shells, all-American made. Hits like a freight train, Bismuth. Back in style, copper-plated bismuth. I love me some boss. So many people came up to us and said, you know what, we started shooting boss. We've been shooting been shooting some of that cheaper stuff, and uh, we don't mind forking over some of the extra dollar bills because boss is worth it. And uh, they've got the money bag, and it's just cool. You know, they're bringing the sub-gauge culture back, and that's uh, – that's cool to be a part of. I love me some boss, though. They will Good be people. at the DUX uh, Festival at Texas Motor Speedway the weekend of June 27th and 28th. Yeah, whatever it is. And then they'll also be at Game Fair with us, or we'll be there with them. So yes. we look forward to that. But check them out, bossshotshells.com, 
and uh, get you a case, and you can experience the difference yourself. You'll never go back, I promise. We're also brought to you by Goose Creek Retrievers, Mr. Matt Peel, up in Maryland. Ah, I tell you what, the guy knows his shit when it comes to dog training. It's it's always a lot of fun talking to him. We've got a little bi-monthly segment that we do with him all about dog training. Um, Whatever you need. Whether you've got a new puppy and you're needing somebody to uh, potty train it, housebreak it, or if you're trying to get a dog ready for the field, Matt Peel is the trainer that I would send my dog to. He's I, I follow him on Instagram. Just watch him for a little bit. It's amazing the thing that he has some of the dogs doing. Um, and you know he doesn't sugarcoat how he does it. It's uh, it's kind he's kind of got an old school trainer mentality, and uh, he puts out some fantastic dogs from start to finish. So um, if, you, if you're looking to send your dog somewhere, if you're looking for a new puppy, or if maybe you've just hit a, a roadblock in your training and you need somebody to talk to, Matt Peel's the man. So go check him out at Goose Creek Retrievers. <clears throat> We're also brought to you by Dirty Duck Coffee. They've got a new blend out, the Missouri Boat Ride. It's a nice medium blend. Uh, it's fantastic. I like the high velocity personally because I'm a, I'm a caffeine guy, but... Dirty Duck Coffee, it's the way I start my morning every single day with a cup of the duck because my coffee does not suck. I drink Dirty Duck Coffee. They've also got some sweet-looking swag out, so if you're wanting to represent the duck, go to their website, Dirty Duck Coffee, and uh, get it headed your way. But Dirty Duck Coffee, it's the way I start my morning out here every single day. Uh, DirtyDuckCoffee.com. We're also brought to you by Gun Dog Outdoors. Keep your pooch safe and secure with the patented quick release system. I use it every day on Lou, um, no matter, you know, what we're doing. I strap his big ass in, and he does not move until I want him to. So it's a nice safety measure whether your dog is one that likes to uh, go when the shot is called or not. You know, all it takes is one accident. The quick release system slap it onto the collar and that dog doesn't get to go anywhere until you uh until you say so um they've also got a field trauma kit that i think every hunting blind and every pickup needs go to gundogoutdoors.com um they've also they're proud to introduce a new training bumper it's time to start getting your dog out there training getting some of the rust off getting them back in shape and uh basically if 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 it comes to your four-legged friend gundog outdoors is the company to go check out because they've got some Great, great, great products for your four-legged hunting buddy. Go check them out, gundogoutdoors.com. We're also brought to you by Lucky Duck. Four people, best day frame. Uh, they've got the best spinners out there. Waterproof, you don't have to worry about it. If, if, you're, if your spinner takes a, takes a dive in the water, you just pull it out and keeps on a ticking. They've also got uh, a fantastic new dog kennel for the big boys like Luke. LuckyDuck.com. It's five-star crash test rated, so you don't have to worry about anything happening to your buddy that's back there. Put them in the put them in the crate. Away you go. This podcast is also brought to you by the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. Uh, they're up on Patreon now, so you pay uh, a little little premium fee each month, and then you get to listen. The bourbon reviews are free for everybody. They come out on iTunes and Spotify and all that all that good stuff. But they are back. Boys and girls, you know, everybody put enough pressure on them. They had to come out of retirement. So the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast is back. They're up on Patreon. Uh, you go through Patreon, 
pay your monthly subscription, and then you get uh, premium access to all of the all the good things going on with Logan and Reb. Had the pleasure of hanging out with him all weekend at the at the Squad Fest. It's a very he's, it's a very good time. He's very entertaining. I highly recommend you checking out the Looking Glass Duck Club podcast on Patreon. And we've got a giveaway with them. So you listen to them on Patreon. Here in a couple episodes, they will release uh, the details. There will be a code word. You will comment that code word into their Patreon site. And that is how we're going to pick a winner for a six-person goose hunt giveaway. How many days is it? Two days? It's two days. Six people, two days, lodging and meals. Come in two morning goose hunts. Get a hunt with the world-famous Andy Shaver. And get to see Jeff Stanfield. So go check them out. Like uh, Looking Glass Duck Club podcast. And it's on uh, it's on the Patreon site. This podcast finally brought, brought to, to you by, by Eyesight Drones. Which we have pipeline inspections, wind turbine inspections, well pad inspections, power line inspections, solar panel inspections. So if you have anything in the outdoor business, outdoor stuff, oil related, construction, farming, they can take care of you. They support drain tile survey, do stand counts, ranch land inspections, severe weather inspections, livestock counts, and watershed mapping. Folks, it's 2021 and drones are part of our world. Eyesight drones can do it all. Construction, farming, ranching, oil, Every industry can use it. It's so much easier and quicker, and they can get stuff done. They can do 3D modeling, volumetrics, aerial site mapping, and job site monitoring, and that's iSight Drones, and that's iSightDrones.com. takes the guesswork out of everything. You just call them, and they tell you everything about your land that you need to know. iSight Drone Service. We're happy to have them on board. That's all of them. This, uh, this episode. Whoa, 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 whoa. We forgot about Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Oh, Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. Look us up at stanfieldhunting.com. Okay. Now that's all of them. Yep. Man, what a plug for your own company. Been in business almost 30 years. Dove season's coming up. If you still need a place to go this September or October, give us a holler. Come in October. We're sold out in September. Come in October. We're sold out in September. If you need a uh, goose hunt, better get a hold of Jeff pretty quick because those dates are also filling up. Stanfield Hunting Outfitters. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode of the podcast, we're joined by the owner of Shin Gear Waiters. Shin Gear Waiters, I think I screwed that up. Um, Mr. Jeff Jones. They have a new pair of waiters coming out that is taking the market by storm. If you have been on Instagram at all in the last week, I'm sure you have seen a pair of these waiters. Um, they're made out of nylon pretty well, you know, damn near indestructible. I say that. Um, but they do have uh, this guy's backing behind them, and uh, it sounds like customer service is going to be where they thrive. And uh, they've taken a lot of little things into account, and I think that they've made a, an exceptional product. So we were excited to have him on, and we hope that you enjoy this episode and uh, go check him out. Here he is, Jeff Jones. Welcome to the Big Honker Podcast brought to you by 
Pacific Calls. I am Jeff Stanfield with the world-famous Andy Shaver. How are you doing today, Andy? I'm doing excellent. Are you not talking into your microphone? It yes, sounds, I am. It sounds a little weird. Well, you got me fucked. You screwed up something again, so I, I didn't this time. I, I probably did. I All probably right. Did. <clears throat> Online with us today and on YouTube with us today is the owner of Shin Gear from Memphis, Tennessee, Mr. Jeff Jones. Jeff, how are you doing, sir? Doing good. Awesome. Um, so you guys have got this brand new waiter out there, and it is taking the social media game by storm. I have seen more about your waiters on people's stories than I think I have any other product that's coming out for 2021. Well, that's good. I mean, it, it, it's good. For some of us, you know, for me, I'm a bit older, a little bit older guy. It's kind of, it's different, you know, getting it, getting the message out there and having it everywhere. But it's kind of just how the world works today, having it customer and want everybody to see it and eventually feel them and wear them and know about it. What uh what what was the time frame that it took you guys to uh to build these waiters and get them ready for launch here in just a couple weeks? Uh, it, it's an ongoing process. I mean it, it's still going on. But we've probably been, we've been working on them over a little over a year. Every day, steady working on building a prototype, building another prototype, building another prototype, you know, kind of as it goes on down the line with anything. A year. That's actually uh, quite a bit quicker than what I thought. I figured this would be two or three years in the making. So for it to only take you a year, that's that's impressive on your part. Uh, well, I mean, I've had some, I've been in the industry for a long time, so I've had some experience with, with waiters and the knowledge of how to do it. And then, you know, getting out and getting on my own, getting started. Uh, so I kind of had an educational leap forward. So I had a, a, probably a lot better starting point. So what is it about these waiters? So you, you guys are saying that, you know, this, this very well could be the last pair of waiters you have to purchase. What is it that makes them so tough and durable for the guys that are going to be hitting the marshes this, uh, this winter? Well... It's the, it's a lot of, there's a lot of different things to it. So average consumer would walk up to it and go, I see one fabric, but me, I see five layers of fabric. But to answer the question of what makes them tougher and what makes them more durable is the face fabric, which is the camo fabric to everybody. The outer fabric is a nylon. So traditionally, since the evolution of breathable waders, since they came along, kind of been made out of a polyester material. Polyester material is good. It just doesn't have the strength and durability of nylon. Um, and it was easier for manufacturers to work with. It was easier for brands to work with. It was easier for print converters with putting amplifiers and brand on it to work with. So it kind of became a staple of what breathable waiters what we did was say, well, why do you have to make them out of polyester? Why can't you go to the fabric like nylon? Right. And so so why why were more people not doing this 10 years ago? Is it is it cost or what? Like, Well, yeah. All right. So, yeah. All right, we'll just go into it. We'll go through all of it. So nylon fabric, nylon base fabric is not anything. It was around forever ago. So... I've told people before, there's been waiters since the 
it was basically since 1838 is when modern fishing, hunting type waders made out of uh, rubber and then as processes and technology grows, things change. So they started, different companies started putting things like uh, canvas on the face of them or they put nylon on the face of them, different things like that that they could get in a more earth tone color that would match. And then when camouflage was developed, uh, they started using camouflage print on it. You also looked for ways to make them that were less cost-prohibitive. And a polyester fabric is a lot cheaper than nylon. We came into it saying, what could you if you weren't worried about trying to get margin requirements, trying to get it into a certain price point, you wanted to concentrate on building the best product you think of, what would you do? I would want a tougher fabric. Okay, I got a, I got a question for you. Because <clears throat> this is what everybody's going to say. We're paying over $1,000 for a pair of waders. What is the... if Every, every waiter I've ever owned in my life and you up until this point eventually is going to leak. It's just part of it. You're in the water. <clears throat> what's y'all's warranty like and what is y'all's, what's your call on what happens if it gets a leak? Are they, can you repair them? Yeah. Okay. So our warranty, you know, it, it's pretty simple. We, you know, we, we've publicly put out there that we'll stand behind them as long as you'll stand in. Them. Right. And we mean that. Uh, we have a, here in Memphis at our place, well, I've got the ability to repair them. So if you go out and you catch it on a nail, getting in a blind or you cut it or you tear it or anything, as long as it's not like if you rip the whole leg out, if you rip the leg from the thigh down to the knee, let's be honest, I'm, I'm probably not going to be able to repair that. Right. No common sense. It, yeah. If you go in and you catch it on something and you have a pinhole or you have a small tear and it's, you know, it's hard to define what a small tear is, but I mean, everybody can picture a, a small tear. If it's something like that, they can come back to me and we can repair them and we can get them back to you. Uh, if it's a manufacturing issue, if it's, I like to look at it. I, I try to keep things as simple as possible. If it's our fault, meaning the waiter, any kind of manufacturing, anything like that, that, that goes wrong with it, we'll fix it, replace them, get them right back to you. If it's your fault, I'll still do the same. I'll fix it. If it's minuscule and there's not much to it, probably will not even going to charge you. If it takes a little bit of time and it's going to take some materials to do it, it'll be a minimal fee to do it. But, uh, you know, you kind of come into this thing eyes wide open saying, all right, we're going to put this warranty out there. We're going to stand behind them. We're going to take care of every customer that buys a pair. And you know that there's going to be some abuse of that. Some people are, are going to do what some people are going to do. And that's just part of it. You know, uh, we're going to try to avoid that the best we can. And what we want to do is make a good product and stand behind the customer. Um, yeah, it's expensive, man. It's a thousand dollars. It is. I'm not. I'm not shying away from that. But to do that, that's. It's a. It's a really good product, and there is a warranty behind it. We'll stand behind it. You. You. you I mean, you, I, you get what you pay for in the world. Right. And a thousand dollar pair of waders that'll last you for. I'm. I'm going to say right now, ten years. If you if you wear a pair of waders for ten years and it costs you a hundred dollars a a year and you're in the water much, that's a damn good deal. 
Now, oh yeah, if you buy a I pair mean, of waders, I nobody should. I'm 53 years old. If I bought a thousand dollar pair of waders and they last me till I'm 60, I'd be happy as hell. Anybody that thinks they're by, they're 20 years old and they're going to buy a thousand dollars waders, they're going to last them until they're 60 years old or they've lost their damn mind. Now, yeah, do you? Uh, right. Are these American made? Everything made in America? No, it's not. They're they're sourced all over. So I'm bringing fabrics out of Japan. I'm bringing uh, different uh, laminates and treatments out of Taiwan. Uh, we are assembling, and they are made in China. Our factory that is uh, cutting, seam sealing, attaching boots, they're in China. Uh, that's where the technology is. That's where uh, the manufacturing is for them right now. Uh, we have a goal. We have a goal and a plan to, as we grow the brand and as it builds up, to bring that home. We want to build them here, uh, but we, you know, we got to baby step it. Right now, we're set up in a way that if you have an issue with the waiter, we can repair it and get it back to you. As that goes forward, there's other things that we can do in that manufacturing process to grow year by year until we get to the point that we're a hundred percent doing it here. Uh, but we'll still be bringing in different components from all over the world. Are, is there so any, are there any shipping issues right now? So if someone listens to this and says, I'm going to buy some of them waiters, do y'all have everything in stock right now? Well, we're, we're getting waiters in They're They're coming in in multiple shipments. We're not, uh, there's all kinds of shipping stuff going on all over the world i mean imagine anybody i'm trying to get some little bitty rubber washers to go on a steel tank and it makes no sense at all it's taking forever to get uh but we don't have anything backed up at any of the ports anywhere now uh we brought them in a little bit different than how other people bring their product in so uh you know we're launching on the 14th and we're expecting uh to be able to start shipping in early August. So. That's good. Um, so the first, you said the first pair of waders was 1838. Is that what I heard? Yeah, there's a, so I have a book. Um, I have a book on waders and it says in there, the first pair of waders that came fishing, they were fishing waders. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, was like 1838. Jeez. And, and, and what's really cool. I mean, as you, as you learn the history of this stuff and spend a lot of time with it, there's just been some great inventions along the way in waiters. Some stuff was so far ahead of its time. People are like, nah, I'm not worried. I'm not getting involved with this black magic. <laughs> and now it's like, that would be really cool. But uh, yeah, at one point in time, Converse, uh, like the Converse shoe company, they yeah. were, it was Converse rubber company and they made waiters. Boy, don't you know those things were hot. Oh my gosh, can you imagine? But, you know, at the time you didn't know any, you know, nobody knew any different or any better. It was like, I want to stay dry. Right. Yeah. So, what, what, uh, yeah. what, what's the hardest part on the waiter? Is it getting the inseams or is it getting the knees to not leak? What gives out first? Um, that's a good question. It's usually, so, it's usually in the seams. If you have a leak, it's usually in the seams. And a lot of the time, a lot of the time, the reason why a waiter would leak is because of the manufacturing process itself. So if you think about it, and I have in front of me a bunch of, or laying here, a bunch of fabric, it's 
completely waterproof fabric. It's got, you know, it's breathable. It's It's got it's submersible. Uh, it's resistant to pressure. But to sew it, to make it into a waiter, you've got to cut it. And then you have to stitch it. You put 11 needle holes every inch as you sew a leg or as you sew a inseam or sew a crotch. So the process of doing that, you're destroying the product to turn it into a product. If that you know if that yeah. makes sense. Yes. And then you would come on the backside and you'd put some seam seal tape on there, and that seam seal tape would protect the seam and it would uh, cover the holes that you had sewn into it. So that's the traditional way of making a waiter, and that inherently is where a lot of waiters leak. You get some popping of those or some stretching of those seams; those uh, stitches will break, and you do it like that. So that's another part where we look at it and say, all right, how can we do it differently? Is there a different way instead of sewing them with a traditional sewing machine that allows you to still make the seams to make a leg? I mean, there's no way to turn a flat thing into a leg without, <laughs> you know, without sewing it or seaming it some way. So what we found by using nylon fabric, staying away from polyester and using a nylon, we could go in and we could do something called mechanically bonding. Mechanically bonding, for layman's terms, or anybody who wants to say, it's really just the welding of seams. Right. So it would go. We were able to go in and take two seams, kind of invert them and roll them into inside of each other, and go through a, a machine that welded that fabric together, and that created a waterproof bond without destroying the fabric. Same technology they do when they do when they started making canned goods. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it honestly really is. Yeah, so it's, it's the same, it's kind of the same idea in a, in a similar way of doing it. That's right. Yeah, they rolled the top of it instead of welding them, so there was no, there was no corrosiveness from the weld. They found a way to roll them up, and that's why they do the cans. And that's basically wow. what you're doing with the rubber on that deal. Now, that's how the hell do you know that, Jeff? I'm a lot more, I'm a lot smarter than you think I am. I know a lot of things. <laughs> Did you watch that show on the History yes, Channel? Yes, I did. That, uh, that's how he knows. Yep, that's how I know. That's how he knows. Yes, that's I did. right. I watched that too. My my ten year old daughter is in, was in. I, we watched every single one of man. You talk about some great inventions along. Oh, time. I love history. Anyways, <laughs> anything history related, I watch and I watched that and I thought, you know, that made a lot of sense. And so when you were telling me about that, I thought, well, that's the same technology they used on the canned goods. Mm-hmm. And we're not the first ones to do this. I mean, there's some other uh, companies out there that have made welded seams before. And I've seen them, and it's a, I always do it with my fingers. It's like a, you take one piece of fabric and you overlap the other fabric and you, and you weld it. And the issue with that is you still have this rough edge. It'll kind of unravel and can catch on things. What's really cool, the way we're doing it, indifferent, is that how you invert them. And there's when you feel this seam on the outside, it is just as flat. Like you can hardly notice it. It's just as flat as can be. And then to reinforce and back all that up, we do come back on top of it with a, a seam tape also on the inside, just to give it a little bit extra uh, bond and hold. Okay. I got, I've got a question from the three sandwich eating guys. I love it. <laughs> I love sandwiches and I love questions. The, the fat guy hates waiters. I'm going to tell you right yeah. now, there ain't a fat guy in America that likes to put on a pair of waders because yeah. 
it's like it's it, it's just not comfortable. Skinny guys yeah. like you and Andy it probably is not a problem. Fat people don't like it. So, are your waiters going to be more like the plus size waiters that you can get in and out, but then you feel like you're carrying a tent around with you? Or are they going to be like the neoprene ones where you feel like you're in a yoga pants, a fat lady in a pair of yoga pants? How about we go in between the two? Okay. All right. So they're not they're not skin tight. It's not it's not leotard tight. It's not uh, it's not stuck to. You. But it's also not a oversized waiter that's real loose on your body because i can tell you from experience one of the worst things you can do for a waiter is wear a waiter that's too big because mm-hmm. now you've got you've got material rubbing together you've got material that's kind of off of your body a little bit that catches on stuff so a too big waiter a too baggy too bulky waiter is just it, it's probably one of the worst things you can do you're wearing it wearing something that's too big like that you're damaging it more than you think. I mean, you're, you're destroying that waiter. So this waiter, it's more of an athletic fit, but it's not a leotard. Mm-hmm. If that makes Yeah, but you're putting, you're putting an athletic fit on a non-athletic man. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> but, well, but I get where but, you're coming but from. But also, we're building sizes up through 3X. You know, we'll have a 3X inventory size uh and if, if that doesn't fit you, I'll, I'll build you one. Is I it, mean, honestly, it's just math. If you need two more inches of chest or two more inches of inseam or two more inches of hip, we just we just math it out and, and scale it. Uh, so we have the capabilities of doing some custom work. Of course, it takes a little bit longer, but we, we can do it, and we are willing to do it also. There is a market for that no because shit. the guy that needs the 10 inch is extra around the belly button, not the crotch area of the 10 inches, but damn sure around the gut area. That guy right there is going to be your 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 customer. He's not going to mind paying extra, but he wants the big plus size waiter because when you go and you buy a 3X thing and it's made in China, them fuckers only grow to about extra large and they're biggest boys. So a 3X American is not a 3X Chinese guy. <laughs> Yeah, well, we we uh, we three X American size. We we know how to build some sizes. So, well, you custom making them though, I, you will get a lot of customers. There's a lot of fat guys that listen to our podcast. They're like, that's what I'm gonna call that guy about getting some waiters now, because they want a waiter that'll fit them. Yeah, I mean, everybody, look, man, everybody ought to have the opportunity to wear something to have a good product. So just because. Just because you're out of the retail spectrum of size 9 through size 12 or medium through XL, you still deserve to have a product. I mean, we've got some exercises, and we have the capability to make a custom pair. So let's let's try it. You know, give us a little time, and we'll build it for you. Are, are these going to be durable enough that you've – well, I'm sure they are. You're going to put a lifetime warranty. Or what, what is your warranty? I'm sorry. Is it a lifetime warranty or a – as long yeah, as it's, a, in it's it. a limited lifetime warranty on the product. Uh, you know, like I said, if it if it fails from any kind of issue with the seam or delamination or any kind of manufacturing issue, we'll stand behind it, get you fixed, get you replaced, get you back in working order. Uh, if it's something you do, the wearer does, we'll absolutely do our best to fix it. I mean, it's... This is you can the, you you could spend eternity talking about what ifs. Right, what right. if I job a log through the right leg that comes out the left? You know, yeah. man. Right. I, I tell you what, 
I'm like, you buy a pair of these waders, and I'll do everything in the world I can to fix them if you tear them up. This is the old Cabela's warranty then, because Cabela's in the 70s and the 80s were famous for that. If you bought it from them and it was their fault, they took care of it. And that's, yeah. that was the greatest thing ever. They had the greatest warranties in the world back in the day. What what camouflage did they come in right off the bat? Uh, Mossy Oak Bottomland. Mossy Oak Bottomland so, is what you're going to get. Yep. We're building them in Mossy Oak Bottomland, and we have a very, very, very limited quantity in a olive drab color. Now, those, that's popular. Solid colors are the way – that's what everybody's buying right now. And I don't know what – I don't know what created that craze. I don't either, but I can tell you in 100% honesty, I missed the mark on solid waders. You did? Well, I, did not, I did not anticipate, or none of us really did, but it would be my fault fully. I did not anticipate how popular solid color waders were. So I thought, yeah, we'll make a limited quantity of them. We'll have a few of them that we'll sell them. No. That is the one thing everybody is. Everybody wants it. One thing about a thousand dollar pair of waders, though, eventually you can have three or four different colors of it, and you got that guy that's going to buy one in every color because he wants to be in style every year. (laughs) Well, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) we'll see. I hope so. Waterfowl hunters are the worst about buying everything that new that comes out and every color they have, or changing to a different color just because it's the new craze. Just because it's a new color. So they'll be all about that. Um. So, field hunting. A lot of guys wear waders in field hunting. Pretty easy to get around in these? Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's a, you know, every every field hunter, every goose hunter out there, everybody's worn bibs. I mean, basically, this this product is a bib with a boot glued to it. And that's so, what they want. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's exactly what you want. And then, uh, so so what about... <clears throat> what about warmth? What do we? What all do we have inside of them for uh, those cold days, uh, either in the timber or, like Jeff said, if you're wearing them out in the field to keep warm? All right. So that's what we did. So we looked at it a different way. We said, all right, everybody, warmth and cold or hot, all of that is so subjective mm-hmm. to the wear. All right. You know as well as I do. You've been out there. You've been warm. Yeah, next to you's been cold. Somebody down the bill's been freezing. It's just crazy. So we said, all right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build a waiter that'll keep you dry. Mm-hmm. You know how to dress to keep warm, or you know how to dress to keep cool when you're outside in the elements. Let our waiter do the job of keeping you dry. You dress to keep warm. That makes sense. So, um, we insulate, we, the, the boot has a five mil neoprene boot with the rubber coating and we added some insulation inside the boot because, you know, nobody's ever said, man, my feet got so hot, I couldn't stand it. But everybody will say my feet got cold. So let's, let's easily keep people's feet warm, but then let you wear what you need to wear to keep warm or keep cool or however it is. You regulate your temperature, we'll just keep you dry. That makes sense, and that's a. I mean, that if I were making a waiter, that'd probably be the approach that I would take because nothing sucks worse than having to have two pair of waiter. So you have to have a waiter during teal season, and then you got to have a waiter to wear, uh, you know, in January or December. So with this, like, you can wear it early teal hunting, and you can also layer up and wear it whenever it gets cold and the temperature drops. That's right, and you know, the couple other things it does for us, it allows us to easily be able to repair them. Right. So it speeds, if something does happen, it speeds up the repair time that we can get them back to you uh, 
and it makes it it's a lot more comfortable i mean when you wear when you figure out what you need to wear to keep warm all you're doing is putting on a product to keep you dry it's a lot more comfortable to wear that some of that big bulky insulation and it's just not comfortable right no that that's exactly right um so what about the the product testing so you said it it took about a year to for conception of the or conception of this idea to where we are today did you just have a bunch of waiters out on the market last year for people to uh torture test that's exactly what we did so we torture tested waiters for uh all season a little bit leading up to the season through you know just doing structure work where we're putting in either uh water projects or kind of working getting ready for hunting season all the way through hunting season and then after hunting season kind of still working and doing things in them so it kind of gave it a really a true test of what a you know if a person has land that they've got to get ready for the season hunt all season long and then get the water and stuff off of it anything that they would be doing in waders we tested the waiter in those processes are are we selling direct marketing are we going through how are we going to sell it Direct to consumer. The new so, thing. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a new thing. And you want to have that connection. Like, we, we want to have a connection with the customer. Uh, you know, we want them to know me and everybody that works here. And if they have a problem, they can call me up and know who the person is that's going to fix their waiter and going to take care of them. Uh, I told a guy the other day, he was asking me about the price and the waiter. And I, I told him, I said, I know it's expensive. It's $1,000. It's an investment. You're going to get a product for your money, but you're also getting an investment with a brand that's going to stand behind it and stand with you to take care of them. So being able to go direct to consumer enables us to do that. I don't, I don't think the thousand dollars, if you look at it from a practical point, it's a lot of money up front, but in the long run, if you're going through a pair of waiters every year, I don't know. What's the pair of waiters cost? 200 bucks. Maybe. No, they're all over the uh, two hundred bucks, five hundred dollars, eight hundred dollars. Waiters are kind of all across the board. But the average uh, cost, if you opened up a Bass Pro or a Cabela's, is probably two hundred dollars for a pair of waiters, right? Three hundred bucks. Three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, I'd say three or four hundred dollars. Okay, three three hundred bucks. So if you're buying a set and it lasts you four years, you're ahead of the curve already because the two hundred dollar, three hundred dollar waiter they're buying every year. Trust me, I've got eight guides that work for me. And I see eight new set of waiters every year. And then by December, by Christmas time, I have eight guys bitching about having to either borrow somebody else's waiters because theirs have a leak in it or they're ordering another pair. And so yeah. if you can get a $1,000 waiter that works, then, by God, you're ahead of the game. So I don't think the price point is, is, is the, the deal. It's just got to get people to use the thing. And I think That's the direct right. marketing is the way to go because – Two, two, very, two of our sponsors are very successful, and, and, and there's more than that that do it, but Dive Bomb and Boss Shot Shells are all both direct marketing, and they've got the, they, are, they are the best at what they do. Yeah. And, and it, all, it all stems from they've created that, like you said, they've created that connection with the consumer. The consumer knows, like, hey, if they call this number, they're going to talk to somebody that knows what they're doing, and they're also going to talk to somebody that can fix their problem in a hurry. That's right. Yeah, Johnny Morris yeah. ain't picking up the phone if you call Bass Pro Shops. <laughs> I'd be surprised to find that out, but yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. <laughs> yeah, so 
You know, I, I want to talk to someone that, and, and I don't always want to have to talk to the owner, but if I've got a problem with the product, I want to call up and say, hey, and someone actually gives a shit, you know? Yeah, but you're exactly right. You, you want to know that no matter what it is, your fault, their fault, whoever's fault it is, or if you just want to have questions, you want to talk to somebody that cares about taking care of the customer and the product that we're putting out there. And that's what you get in this direct-to-consumer model. So I know that this is kind of the, the big launching-off point, but is there, do you have any idea, like say I do snag a piece of barbed wire or something like that, do you have any idea like what the turnaround would be on, okay, I need to send my waiters back to you guys, and then you send them back to me? Do you have any, yeah. any clue yeah. about how long? So my, you know, when when first talking about the company and talking about the product and thinking about it, my focus was entirely on that weekend duck hunter. Mm-hmm. In the fact that you've got a guy that has all these other time crunches, all these other pressures on him, and what he wants to do is on Friday go to his camp or Saturday morning drive out and hunt, hunt Sunday morning and escape all that and then be able to hunt and then be able to come back to work, what I mean. So the idea behind the repairs is if say you go out on Saturday morning and you have some kind of issue, something happens. If you can get that waiter back to us Monday, Tuesday, if you live in the area, I'll meet you on Sunday. I'll meet you any day you want to, or if you've got to ship it to me, send it to me. We'll get it, repair it and get it back to you. The idea is for you not for that guy, not to have to miss a weekend. Mm -hmm. So if he has a problem on Saturday or Sunday with the waiter, if he can get it to us, we're going to repair it, get it back to him so he's got his opportunity to go back that next weekend. Now, if it's a guy that hunts every single day of the season, you know, there's a lot of people that do that. There's a lot of people that are lucky enough to do that. If you have an issue, I will do my absolute best to get it back to you so you only miss a couple days. Right. But, you know, you – if you're hunting every single day and you have an issue, you, you probably and that's the only pair of waders you have, you're probably gonna miss a day. It's gonna take a minute to fix them. Right. right. Uh, but I mean, it's, but it, it's not gonna be like a month or a two month. No, process. sir. I'm I'm telling you, we want we're trying to hit it in that seven day to ten day time frame. I, I honestly do not want anybody that's limited to hunting on the weekends to have to miss a weekend because we're fixing this waiter. Right. So if we can get it back in that week time frame. We'll fix it, send it right back to them. Well, that's going to buy you a bunch of customers right there because customers are that, – that word of mouth when you take care of people goes a long, long way in this industry. Yeah. Because uh, I, I, there, I've heard some horror stories. You know, guys would have a pair of waiters and they'd send them off, and it's two months to get them back. And it's just like yeah. what you now all of a sudden you have to buy two pair of these waiters just to basically have one because one's in the shop getting fixed or whatever. But I, I think, you know, the, the customer service end of, of what you guys are doing is, is what's going to ultimately uh, set you guys apart. And, I mean, if even if the waiters are half as, half as good as advertised, you're going to do, do big things just because of the customer service aspect of it all. Well, I mean, there, you know, honestly, there's no reason not to have good customer service. If a, if a person trusted you enough to give you their money for your product, right. Stand behind it and take care of them. You know, I mean, it doesn't take it, transit time. There's nothing you can really do about that. But it doesn't take that long to fix 
a small issue. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're going to do our absolute best. I promise you that. And you build lifetime customers. There's a company that makes bibs and stuff, and I'm not. They're a big company in this country. And all my guides used to wear their gear, but the zippers were went to shit on them. And I don't have one guy, one guy that works for me that wears their stuff anymore because of that. They didn't take care of it. You'd send it to them, and it'd take two months to get your shit back. Well, if a guy tears a zipper in his bibs in November and he don't get them back till February, it didn't do him any good. That's right. And 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 nobody wears their shit no more. And you know who I'm talking about, Andy. Yeah. But that happens. And the old companies like Filson and you know they've been around a long time because their stuff's good and they take care of it. And that, I think you got to. I think you're on to hell of a deal. Is there going to be anything besides waiters? Or is waiters going to be it? So waiters is the focus. That's uh, that's what we wanted to come out to the market with. We wanted to concentrate and focus on one thing and try to do it as the best that we knew how to do. And so this year, that is what we're doing. We we've built some other jackets. We've built uh, a few of the things that we're going to sample out to some people and let them wear and give us feedback and tell us what to do different on it and try to grow the product line as we go forward. But our our main and first focus will always be waiters. I was noticing that smooth looking vest behind you. That's why I was wondering if that's what that was about. It's probably his uh, Yeah, I, I do have a vest. <laughs> <laughs> that's a sharp looking deal. That's what I was wondering. I thought, I bet that's going to be their next year's deal right there. Yeah. Oh. Always working on something. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> we didn't, we, we got you to move the laptop and you, uh, you showed your hand a little bit. I opened, I opened up a tree. Oh man. <laughs> um, I, I can tell you right now, you know, you're going to want more solid colors in whatever you do next. It's like just yeah, I, go and take that yeah, to I the bank. I won't make that mistake again. So how did you find out that you missed the mark on uh, on having solid colors? Did you like sample people or, or how did you figure it out? No, we did. We So we sampled people and we're like, you know, here's some waiters. Here's some waiters in solid color and we sent them out. And uh, everybody liked them, but it wasn't. I, I don't know. It wasn't this overwhelming thing. But what we did the past week or so, I forget what it was, uh, we made a post and we put a picture out of the green waiters and it just blew up. It blew up with comments. It blew up with direct messages. It blew up with likes. And uh, it was. It didn't take but just a couple minutes to go, hmm, missed a mark on that one. <laughs> So I've been I've been uh, leading up to this episode. I've been doing a little bit of research. What is the deal with the the back of the boot? It's got this black tab on it. It looks like yeah. What that's yeah. something special, but what uh, is it? I don't even know if you can see it if yeah, I hold it up. We can but, see it. Uh, but so like the it, it all comes from the top of the boot. So the top of the the actual boot itself is where you have neoprene, and that neoprene gives you a lot of comfort in the ankle and up the leg and it makes the whole boot itself lighter but you also create a problem by having neoprene up there because underwater objects sticks and different things can easily pierce through that neoprene Mm -hmm. so you wanted to build a cover out of the nylon material that would protect the top of the boot uh, from any kind of underwater structures well this also can allow some water to go up because you have this, you want to want to tighten your ankle around the ankle of the boot to keep stobs and different sticks from going up there and to keep this material from catching on a root wad and tripping and falling. So we tighten it up. And if any water goes up into this area, we put a, 
a drain in the back of it so that it comes out. That makes sense. Uh, other people have done a boot cover before, and it's like a whole leg of material, and it will just fill up with water. Right. And when you got into a boat or whatever, it all dumps out. So we made it in a way that it's only protecting the top of the boot, but then it also has that mesh in the back of it to make sure it drains completely um, to prevent that. Right. And you're not carrying any excess weight of water when you're walking and moving around. And so see, that's what that is. See, that would have taken me way more than a year to figure that out. I, I would not have been able to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to redo waders and then put that on there. I'd still be searching for that answer. Well, all you're doing, I mean, in any product that you make, when you're a product person, you're like, you're trying to identify problems mm-hmm. and then you're trying to solve it. So it just man you just and when you have one product and that's all you're doing and all you're concentrating on it it's easy to try to fix the problems that you find so are you to the point now where you're tired of looking at a pair of waders or are you are you nervous about launching where what emotional state are you in right now oh man i i honestly i'll never get tired of waders mm-hmm. i i really do like waders i think it's one of the coolest things that we have uh, and I've already started playing with new ideas and new designs. That's just kind of where it works. Uh, where I'm at with the state of the launch, I am nervous. I mean, it's this. it was always a lifelong dream to be involved in a business I had ownership in. Uh, and, the, you know, that American dream. I want to have a business that is successful and I can take care of my family and, you know, live the life that you want to. So we're a week away from launch, and yeah, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm nervous. I, I want the market to embrace them and love them and uh, really like them. And I, I just want to, I think if the market gives us a chance, if consumers get this waiter and give it a chance, buy it, get it in, they're going to be pleased with it. And if they have a problem, they're going to have a company that will take care of it. Right. The, uh, I still think it's fascinating that you can, uh, basically customize the top because, you know, with other waders, you get either regular or stout and that's it. That's really your only two options. So if you're a a 10 boot, but you're, uh, you know, fat ass up top, lard ass up top. Now you're going to have waders that actually kind of fits you better. The the muffin top waiter. Yeah, that's right. And it, it's it's easy to do. It's well, it's not easy to do. I shouldn't say that. If you if you focus on doing it, because you're not selling through a bunch of uh, retail outlets that are only buying certain sizes. I guess if you try to concentrate on fitting the the small, like the eighty twenty rule of life. Everybody says. There's an 80-20. If you concentrate on the 80, you'll be all right. Well, we kind of said if you concentrate on the 20, the 80 will be all right. Mm-hmm. So the guys that, that need the extra help in getting fit and wearing a better product, let's take care of them instead of just saying, well, we're going to make 10 regulars, and if you wear a 10, this body will somehow fit you. Right. You know, I'm a medium. I've swam in waders my entire life. <laughs> You know, they just, they're so big. So this is a better way and a better fit to my body size. And you just kind of scale that all the way through for everybody. And, and, I, and I mean, it, it, it 
treats the customer like they're an individual, and they are. You know, when you buy this generic stock waiter, you're basically saying to your customer, you're all the same, you'll figure it out, like you can squeeze into that, or you can deal with a little bit, you can put on an extra jacket to deal with that bagginess. Like, so what you're saying to your customer this way is like, we get it, you're an individual, we're going to build you a pair of waiters that, you know, fits you as that individual. Yeah. Right. And you, you know, you try to hit the main sizes, you know, we have that medium through three X that's going to fit the bulk of people out there. Right. Uh, but an extra large, a guy that wears an extra large 10 is going to, that waiter is going to fit him a thousand times better than just buying an off the shelf regular 10 that's got to fit a guy anywhere from five, eight to six, five. Right. This one's, if you're an extra large, you're an extra large. Yep. You're a medium, you're a medium. Yeah. So so what are some other features on, on, on the waders? I've seen a lot about the uh, the straps and the belt. Like what what are some of the other features that, that set this product apart? Well, a couple of other things. Um, you know, we kind of talked about the material and the seams. The belt is really cool. I don't, I don't know if you can see or not, but yep. the belt – the belt's not a traditional waiter belt either that was made out of uh, a slick polyester material. So if you've worn waiters before and it had that traditional belt on there, you would adjust that tri-glide and get it fitting just right. And then you'd start kind of moving around through the day and that belt would slip and it'd get looser and looser throughout the day. And you're always kind of fighting with that adjustment. This belt made the way it is, it's a ribbed elastic material so once you set it the rib of the belt will prevent it from slipping mm -hmm. so once it's set it's set but the elastic it's a heavy duty elastic the elastic will allow the belt to have some give <clears throat> so when it needs to give so that you can move it will but then it tightens right back up right so it's not constantly getting loose falling down your body and moving around it's uh it's built to hold really well, but it also has some give to it, so it gives you some function. Yeah, and then what about the what about the straps up top? So the straps up top, so it has a, a nylon webbing strap, a webbing system that's built into it that holds the waiter tight to your body, and which is really good, but it's really bad too because that that heavy webbing would kind of cut into it. So we built a uh, a neoprene yoke system to give padding to the shoulder strap. So this is one of those things where we've said, how can we build a better strap system that holds and is more durable and is, doesn't get stretched out like elastic does yeah. in a shoulder strap? We'll lock in and hold. And it was like, well, we'll build it out of this heavy duty nylon webbing. But then it was kind of uncomfortable. So like, all right, let's build a neoprene yoke underneath that to give it the comfort level back. So, that's where it came from. That's how the shoulder strap system works. So <clears throat> next next Wednesday, right? 14th? Is next the, Wednesday, is, the 14th. Is the launch. You can, uh, so how's that going to work? You, you're pre-ordering it now, right? And then they should. Well, yeah. Explain it, it. There's not much ordering now. Uh, it's kind of just putting information and stuff out there now. On the 14th, we're going to launch at 10 o'clock. You'll be able to go on. A commercial will be able to go onto the website. They'll see uh, we've got some hoodies, some caps, so you'll see some of those items too. Uh, you'll be able to see the waiter. 
read everything about it, watch some videos and testimonials, everything about the waiter, see the sizes, and you can place your order then. If you place your order, you'll get a confirmation email. We'll have it, and we'll begin processing and shipping waiters out. How long till it takes for the average waiter to get to someone's door, you think, if they order it the 14th? Uh, I'm not – we're, we're going to kind of go through and process all the orders. Our expected shipping date, we're going to start shipping the 1st of August. Mm-hmm. Give us a little time to process all the orders through. Uh, I mean – it really just kind of depends on where they are from when it ships. I think, I mean, even UPS ground, when it ships, it's what, four or five days to California. So, I mean, you think worst case scenario, it's inside four or five days. Uh, we're we're going to ship everything ground for free. So free shipping on waiters, really it's free shipping on anything. You come on there and buy a hoodie or a cap, We'll ship it to you for free. Now, if you want it next day air, second day air, right. that's going to be up to you, but I'll, we'll ground ship it to you. So August 15th would be a good target date if you order your deals on July 15th and you'll ship by 1st of August. So August oh, 15th, you should see your stuff. Oh, yeah, for sure. So anybody that's going to go to Canada, if Canada is open, they can have their waiters before they go to Canada then. Y'all know anything yet? Anybody? Uh, no. Anybody got any hard proof? No. Canada? Somebody. Well, I just, it was I just supposed read. to be July 5th, wasn't it? Now. July 21st is going to be their next Yeah, but July 5th, there were going to be some announcement, I thought. Yeah, I just read I just read a deal a minute ago about it, and it said July 21st, they're going to have another kind of deal. It, it's looking like if you're fully vaccinated, you're going to have to go up there for, and set for 14 days, is what I saw a minute ago. But who knows? I've seen three days. I've seen 14 days. Who the hell can do that? I, Crazy. Yeah, Nobody, I, I, I don't know anybody that can. I'm sure someone can, but I don't know that person. The even the three. I mean, you're that, talking about if you wanted to go on a week's trip to Canada, now you're talking a three week trip. Yeah. Even yeah. even the three day deal, and they want to charge you two grand to set at a Canadian safe house for three days. That's going to take a lot of guys out of the picture. I mean, first of all, a lot of guys don't have three extra days. And another time, a lot of the guys that are doing it yourself are paying three thousand dollars for a hunt. They can't afford an extra two grand just yeah. to sit around for three days. It's going to hurt their. It's going to hurt them regardless. I think they're going to play politics. I think the Canadian government wants that pipeline open again. And until we open up the pipeline, I don't think they're going to open up. Uh, which is just hurting the Canadian businesses. So I don't understand that. But they're Canada and they're liberals. So who knows? That's <laughs> basically it. I feel sorry for the good people that are up there because the people are just like we are. The people in the middle of the country are not liberals or conservatives, and they're, they've they been outbred. Yeah. Yeah. So your product had to be pretty – If you, test, you tested it all last year. Your product had to be pretty close. I mean, you didn't have to just scrap the whole thing and, and you know, start anew. So that kind of had to be reassuring last year whenever you were torture testing these waiters and, like, you didn't – I don't know what tweaks you made, but I'm, you know, you've got waiters here today. So I'm assuming, you know, everybody was for the most part happy with what they had last year. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, it was just minor things. You know, we, depending on what version it was, I, one thing we're going to do in the office is I, I think would be really nice is well, I'm going to build a whole section from the very first sample prototype made all the way through finished. Uh, it was funny. I was talking to my wife at home last night. They're they're all in my little shop at home, and it is just full of waiters. It looks like a waiter factory. It's just <laughs> it's just waiters everywhere in there. Uh, but yeah, so the 
honestly, the initial idea, the initial concept was probably 85% exactly what we had. And then it was just little tweaks as we went along. You know, we kind of uh, built some different stuff, uh, changed fabrics a couple times and changed the print a couple times and uh, added the boot cover. We, we worked on that shoulder strap a lot getting it to uh, exactly how it'd be comfortable for everybody. So, I mean, it was just continuous improvements. And that's kind of fun, too, when you work at a place that everybody's pushes for, let's make it a little bit better. What if what if we do this? You know, and it's it like the little, at some point in time, you're like, man, we were fighting over little bitty nitpicky stuff, but it made a better product in the end. Right. Um I, I'm rooting for you. I think you got a good deal here, um, and I'm 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 glad that uh, you came on the podcast and you kind of outlined everything. Uh, so it's going to be nylon, nylon, and not polyester, and that's going to make it all the more durable. It will. I mean, you know, like I said, you know, nylon, nylon was around a long time ago, but they were what was making it waterproof was like the old rubber stuff, mm -hmm. so that there was no breathability, and it's just you know, as everything, as you as technology moves forward, the combination of different materials and different backers and different waterproof, all that stuff moves forward. It just continuously making a better product. So. Well, we're excited. Um, we've kept you an hour now, so I know that you're probably you got a lot going on. You're a week away from launch. Um, we wish you the best in this, and we hope that it's a I huge success. It. And uh, hopefully, this contributed a little bit to generate a couple sales for you and uh good luck and we look forward to seeing where this ride takes you man i appreciate it i thank y'all a lot for having me if i can ever do anything for you or come back on and talk about anything let me know when you get when you, get, the, when you get those sweet vest jackets behind you on you let us know <laughs> i'll do that for sure jeff's all about the vest jacket he's gonna try to he can try to swindle some product for you. Well, Jeff, <laughs> we appreciate you. Good luck in the launch, and uh, you're going to kill it, my friend. Thank you all very much. Hey, God bless good you, bud. Buddy. You have a good day. Bye. You too. I beat that. You did this time. It's Jeff Jones. Shin Gear shin Waiters. Gear. And Shin is spelled C-H-E-N-E. -E. Yes, sir. Shin Gear. Look them up. They got a Facebook page. That's like what them. I was going to fucking ask him. How the hell did he come up with that name? It's Kunas for Shin. I feel like you're bullshitting me. Well, I am, but that's his that's the way I would guess. And why would he? He's oh, from I Memphis. Don't, I don't have a clue, but have you ever drove in New Orleans and someone gives you directions and then you look at a street sign and you thought, that's not what he said it was? So Lots of X's. Lots of, lots of different spelling. Anyways, e A U X and anyways, all sorts I, of Plus, I, he's in Memphis. He's not a coon ass. Yep. I wish them the best. Coon, uh, Memphis ain't coon ass. No. But you're just the, talking shit. It's the waiter capital of the world, though. It probably is that. I, I'm assuming that there's more waiters sold to guys that are hunting in Arkansas and the Memphis area than there is anywhere in the United States. Uh, I don't know. You name a place that has more waterfowl hunters that are in waiters. California. No, not even close. California has the most waterfowl hunters. Not close wearing waiters. Everybody uh, hunting in Arkansas is wearing waiters. No. Bullshit. No, no, no. You're either laying in the mud. Where are they hunting at in California? You're they in probably the field hunt and stuff. I, I don't think there's more hunters in California than there's. I'm going to say California. Yes, there are. You're wrong as usual. There's more waterfowl hunters in California. California is the number one waterfowl state. 
I think you're full of shit. Numero uno. God, don't mind. Here we fucking go again. Okay. Well, it's 35 times bigger than Arkansas. Okay, so there's that more people alone. Hunting. Are you saying per capita? I'm saying there's more hunters in Arkansas wearing waders than there are in California. No. Yes. Wrong. Wrong. Wearing Just waders. off of the numbers from California hunters. To, I'm, I was about to, and then you interrupted mm-hmm. me. People from Arkansas are coming from all states, though. It's not just Arkansas hunters. Everybody goes to Arkansas and waterfowl hunts. Do you want, mean okay, you. so how do you want me to look this up? Do you want me to look uh, up lice, hunting license sold in yes, California? Because that's going to be the, the deciding yeah, factor. Okay, fuck it. Let's look it up then. <laughs> I'm telling you there's more people wear waders in Arkansas no. than any state. No. Yes. It's going to be California just off the numbers. No. Wearing waders. Not everybody wears waders to waterfowl hunt. It doesn't matter. If there's if there's 10 times as many hunters in California or whatever we're about to find out, the percentages still carry over. They still do. How many hunting licenses are sold in it's California? It's like doing a podcast with your mom sometimes, and this is one of those moments. That's ugly. Everybody, everybody in Arkansas wears fucking waders. Not everybody. Them. I've seen plenty of people not wearing waders. We're having a hard time finding this. We always do. Well, if they would make this shit easier to just fucking look at, license statistics. Let's look this up. But this is a good, I mean, $1,000 is a lot at first, but I mean. If you're going to wear them for three you're years, you're getting your money them. worth. I just, I looked up on, when we were online, an average set of waiters is about 200 to $229 at okay. Cabela's or Bass Pro Shops. Right. Which is the same fucking place. Well, the so, last year, if, you're, if you win on that scenario, you get them two years. If you have, if everything goes right. If you wear them waiters every freaking day or three times a week, they're not going to last two years. Just don't happen oh, to $229 yeah. waiters. Right. So every four years. So if these waiters last you five years, you're still you're, ahead, you're ahead $229 basically. Uh, resident hunting. No, well, I wouldn't talk just to Well, resident. that's what I'm finding right now. Okay, well, resident ain't going to be it because there's so many people go everywhere else. Quarter but, mill but resident. Ar- but Arkansas people are sitting in the trees and the t- timber in waders all the time. I'm not just talking about wearing waders to wade to your blind and getting your blind. I mean, they stand in waders all day long. Quarter million hunting license sold in 2020 in California. Now let's look it up in Arkansas and see if we have any luck. Oh, Arkansas is going to be more than that. Than a quarter mill? Mm-hmm. Really? Yep. That was resident. And I, bet they, you, I bet you They much. only sold it. it. It only showed to be like uh, four grand. Um, Go ahead. What is the number? Ooh. Go ahead. What is it? No, that can't be. What, what is it? That's not right at all. What's it saying? 535 trillion. 535,000. Well, there's a bunch of fucking commas in there. How would you? decipher that <laughs> they, they they uh it's five thirty five hundred thirty five thousand nine hundred thirty three their numbers are off one this 301 is residence 535 is what it is if you if you'll skin over they just screwed up it's five hundred thirty five thousand nine hundred thirty three so two times more than california so go ahead and say it i told you Andy. i don't think that's right it, it is right arkansas is the number one duck hunting state in the, in the in the world, in the United States, which is the world, basically, when it comes to waterfowl stuff. Oh, we're going to second opinion. <laughs> okay. And everybody wears freaking waders. It's there. It's a muddy mess in water all the time. Muddy mess all the time. Let's just say, you know, and, and, and let's say 80% of the people in California wear waders. That's only 200,000. Real tree. Here, here we go. 
Actually, we're both wrong. So, what are we wrong about? This says Texas. No, that's fishing. Here we go, hunting license. Texas again. We're both way fucking wrong. That number was not even close to being right. What is what is it? Texas at 1.1 million. Okay. Try to guess the second. Um, Minnesota. N- nope. California. Uh, let me guess. I, I won't. I couldn't tell you. It'd be a big population state. Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know they got more hunters that I did know that because they had a lot of nine hundred eighty-four thousand. Next is Michigan, Tennessee, Wisconsin, Georgia, yeah, North the, Carolina, New York. Those Minnesota, aren't waterfowl. Alabama. If you went by what state has the most federal waterfowl stamps sold? Anyways, okay. Arkansas. More people are wearing freaking waders in Arkansas than any state. And anybody out there that's got, got has numbers, send it to us. Y'all are going to send it to us anyways. It's going to be Arkansas and then probably going to be Louisiana second. Hold on. I'm looking it up right now. If I'm guessing on the waiters. Looking it up right now. And if you could get Johnny Morrison them to tell you where they send more waiters to or any other waiter company, they're going to tell you that they send more waiters to guys that use them in Arkansas and Louisiana than any other state. Um. And Matt Judy's ass probably wears waders every day because he hunts in the damn water every day also. Oof. If he doesn't, he's he should. Um, that would be – you'd have to have it. Let's see. History of the duck hunting. Duck stamp program. Do people still collect the duck stamp like they used to a long time ago, or has that gone away? You know, I don't know. I had a guy offer to give me – Every stamp that he had on a print, which is, shit, 70, 80 prints now, maybe? When the first duck stamp came out, 1939 or 36 or something? I don't know. Where the hell would you put them at? Right. I mean, I don't have a room that I could put 40 prints in. You know, and they're they're just this big. I don't know how big they are, but they're not real big. I don't know. I can't find anything that says top federal duck stamp states i only know one person that has every stamp and i know there's a lot of people that do but i would love to have 1934 was 1934 it has raised 800 million dollars that have been used to conserve 5.3 million acres of wetland is that the one with king buck on it what king buck is the black lab was that the 34 or the 36 oh shit don't don't get me lying. There's one with I a, just saw here that it was oh, 1934. A, there's one with a black lab, and I think maybe Reese Maynard painted, painted it. I can't remember for sure, but the dog's name was King Buck, and he was a national field champion in the 30s or 40s. And I may be off by a decade, but anyways, it's the only one that's ever had a black lab on the stamp. No, this the first one is uh, a pair of mallards, it looks like. One dollar. What, what? Which one has got the lab? Does it show all of them? No. I if we put, just put King Buck duck stamp. King Buck? Yeah, King Buck duck stamp. I wish we had this on uh, the... Uh, YouTube? Yeah. Right here. That's King Buck? Yep. What year is that? Doesn't say. 1950, 1959. Oh I, was, oh, I was way off then. Reese Maynard painted? God damn, Jeff. You're asking me a bunch of fucking questions here. There's an old lab. Not even like a young pup. No, he was an old retired field champion, I think. Uh, what's that say? Hmm. King Buck. Yeah. Uh, who painted it? Amazing story. Let's look it up. Arkansas Online, number one uh, duck state in the world, according to Jeff. 
Where did I get California? I I don't know where you get half the shit you get from. Uh, this says Reese Maynard Maynard, yeah, Maynard I, Reese. I, I was right, Maynard Reese. The year was 1959. Iowa waterfowl artist Maynard Reese uh, learned officials with the federal duck stamp competition were encouraging artists to enter retrieving dog designs, emphasizing the canine's role in retrieving wounded or dead ducks. Interesting. Eight years has passed. Whatever. Anyways, that dog was a field champion, too. King Buck, a Labrador retriever, was born in Iowa on April 3rd, 1948. His seven litter mates were sold that fall. Buck went to Robert Howard of Omaha for $50. Unfortunately, Buck caught distemper for a month. He was near death. Uh, Mrs. Howard did it all. Pulled him through. He won the national championship, though, if I think. I mean, I think he was a national field champion. Uh, Buck's talent soon caught the eye of John Allen, developer of Winchester Super X Shock Shell and founder of... Nilo Kennels. I don't know. I'm just skimming here, so like I don't. I, th- I think he was a field champion. I'm not for sure, but I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he was. Uh, at the beginning of the trials <clears throat> in November 1952, Buck competed at the nationals at Weldon Springs, Missouri. As always, he bore down when it counted. Buck responded sharply to the commands and made perfect retrieves right to the final test. When he completed a 225-yard water retrieve, he performed like a champion. At the trial's beginning, Buck was just another dog in the pack. Three days later, he was officially the best retriever in the nation. Yep, that's what I thought. So, See, not a bad, uh, not bad for fifty bucks. Well, but in nineteen forty-eight, fifty dollars was a lot of money. That was a week's wages. Oh yeah. I mean, so that was damn good money back then. That was like thousand-dollar dog now, which is not a lot, but it's a good. It's a good. It's <laughs> not a cheap dog by any means. People right. weren't spending fifty dollars for labs in nineteen forty-eight. The average person wasn't. Now you can't sell a lab for fifty bucks. Well, you could. You sell couldn't them. fucking give it away for fifty dollars. A lab? They'd Why? be like, "What's wrong with this bitch? Oh, is well, he gonna, that, that is he gonna drop over on me?" You can't find people to work either. Nope, that's getting impossible. All right, God bless everyone. Thank you for listening to us. Uh, have a good week. Check out all of our wonderful sponsors. We've got something for everybody. Check out Eyesight Drone Service. We got, the, we got the people for it coming on next, don't we, Jeff? They'll be on tomorrow, yes. Uh, Gundog Outdoors, Pacific Custom Calls, Dive Bomb Industries, Boss Shot Shells, Dirty Duck Coffee, Lucky Duck, Looking Glass, Duck Club, Stanfield, Hunting Outfitters, Bangtail Whiskey. Speaking of good dogs, check out Goose Creek Retrievers. 